All right, everybody, welcome to uh, today's episode. Really excited to dive into it. Uh, before I get into it, just letting you know, I'm running a five-day sale right now on my Home Service Accelerator mini course. And what that is, it's just six modules that you can go through and shows you the exact path, how to scale your business up to those $100,000 months. Uh, originally, it's $97 for this course, and I'm running a five-day promo right now for 27 bucks. Wanted to make it an absolute no-brainer offer because if you're getting value from this podcast, I wanted to show you even more value inside my mini course. So literally on sale, five days right now. Go ahead and get it. If you just scroll down on this episode, it's the first link I've linked up for you. 27 bucks. It's all yours to keep. So hope you enjoy this episode and looking forward to talking to you on the next episode. Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. All right, everybody, welcome uh, aboard to today's uh, live stream. Just want to make sure uh, that this is working and that everybody uh, can hear me okay. Uh, we are just a couple minutes late coming onto the stream, so want to make sure um, that you're able to hear me okay, you can see me okay. So go ahead and throw me a comment, say hello, and say uh, where you're currently uh, catching this live stream from. As the title says, we're going to be jumping in in just a couple minutes. We're going to be talking about three ways that you can grow um, your washing business and I think it's a great time of year right now to actually look at where we can make improvements to our business right now right and you guys have heard the quote before what gets measured gets managed and so if we're measuring specific areas of our business we're going to be able to make it a lot better and so I want to give a warm welcome to everybody coming on to today's stream uh, it's my goal in this time with you that you get practical takeaways, that you get value, um, that you can plug directly into uh, your cleaning business coming off this stream. And we're also filming this uh, live in video and going to be putting this on the podcast in the coming week. So want to give uh, a warm welcome to everybody coming in. We got uh, Ethan from Texas. We got Precise Pressure Washing in Dallas. Uh, Mr. Hill, Sippy Hill is in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Whitney Ford is in central Wisconsin. Uh, again, guys, tell me where you're from in the comments. Would love to uh, keep this interactive uh, and say hello. And we'll be diving in in just a couple moments. Um, three ways that you can improve uh, your washing business. So um, really excited uh, for today's lesson. Again, want to keep it practical. Want to keep it short to the point. Uh, give you guys uh, some value here on today's call. Uh, and really happy to spend some time with you here. I really, you know, wish I could come on and do more of these. Uh, I try to do them as often as I can. And today, actually, where I am up here in Canada, uh, in my province's British Columbia, we actually have a holiday here. So a little bit of a lighter day. I thought it'd be a great day to to come on and, and share some value with you guys here um, inside of this group. If you got questions, um, feel free to put them in the chat as we go along. We'll be transferring in in like two minutes. Uh, what's going on, Damon? Uh, we got Jesse Simpson is from uh, Deerfield Beach, California. Awesome with Aquanite pressure washing. Uh, we got Mark uh, Scholler with KRS pressure washing, Cincinnati, Ohio. 
what's going on, Dean, all the way from London? That's awesome. Uh, Jonathan here from Phoenix City. Uh, we got Damon is uh, South Georgia here in the house. Uh, fantastic. And uh, yeah, guys, really excited to have everybody here. So let's dive in. Um, again, say hi where you're from, and uh, we'll take some questions here uh, as we go in today's uh, stream here. All right, so let's talk about the three ways to, to improve your business. Okay, so what I wanted to do is keep this training pretty relevant. So what I find kind of the first checkpoint um, when you're when you make the decision to move from being a technician um, to being an entrepreneur, kind of that first checkpoint I find in a cleaning business is kind of in that four or five hundred thousand dollar mark um, in revenue. Okay, so that's basically where you can have two crews going um, and you can have somebody helping you behind the scenes in the office and then you're going to have yourself the owner kind of in this managerial role, making sure both your crews are going good and making sure that your office manager is doing well. Um, and you're still gonna be very lean at that point where you're able to afford uh, your office manager who's not on the job site producing work and also paying yourself uh, a fair salary um, for the value that you bring to the business as well, okay? So that's kind of at that like $50,000 uh, a month revenue point. Now, some of you with smaller job sizes, maybe in a window cleaning business, you may actually need to have a third crew um, to facilitate that $500,000 point. But some of you that do roof cleaning, soft washing, uh, maybe some larger projects, you can actually get away with just having two crews um, and kind of hit that half million dollar mark. Okay, So that's kind of what I found is, is that first checkpoint. And again, this training is for those of you that are like, hey, I don't want to just do you know, a hundred grand with myself being an owner operator. Uh, I actually want to make the decision uh, and fire myself as a technician, uh, remove myself from doing the, the servicing of the client and actually move into growing the business. And I can tell you firsthand, it's very difficult to grow the business if you're the one on the truck doing all the work, right? When I started my pressure washing business, it was 2016. We did $89,000 in our first year. I was on the first uh, on the on the truck for the first couple of months, learning the trade, figuring things out, how to price, how to produce a job. But if I had stayed there for two years or four years or five years, I would not have been able to grow the company beyond myself, right? If you look at your time full time for the year. If you invest your time to grow this business or in another job, you've got 2,000 hours to be able to grow this thing, right? Um, your output is very limited, so you gotta look at where is your time actually going as a business owner. So I'm okay if you're on the truck figuring out this business, but if you're making the decision to grow and grow a team, um, every hour that you're in the field, if you're not training um, or dealing with some kind of an emergency, if you're just booking up yourself to do the work, going to be very difficult to find the hours to be able to scale your business. Okay, so that's kind of the first point that I wanted to mention is kind of like we're going to set up this training for targeting that 50k uh, a month uh, kind of run rate for revenue. And that's kind of a great place where we can shoot to pay yourself the the owner and also target a healthy profit margin. Okay, now you might ask, well, what is a healthy profit margin? For my numbers, we like to target a 20% net profit margin okay and that's paying everything the chemical the fuel the marketing paying the technicians to do the work paying the office team to schedule the work uh, i also have an operations manager who manages all the crews so paying his salary as well 
and then what's left over um, when the business runs independent of the owner should be a 20% net profit. If you can hit 25, that's amazing. If you're hitting 15, um, that's pretty good as well, but let's say a 20% target, okay? So in our example, half million dollar business, you could be making 100 grand and having it run um, with not needing you on the job site, not needing you answering the phones, but kind of in this checkpoint in the business, you'll be going and doing estimates in person for customers. You'll be jumping in if one of your technicians calls in sick. Um, you'll be working on growing the business at a high level. You'll be coaching your office manager. Those are kind of the tasks that you're going to be doing um, inside of your business, okay? So we got a couple questions coming in. Uh, and we'll take these on the fly, guys. Um, Damon's saying, should we turn down marketing through the slow season? Um, so really good question, kind of like a, a lot of answers in business. Damon, I'd say it depends. For us, we've turned down uh, our paid ad spend on both Google, PPC, and Facebook. We've turned down just for this period temporarily through August and September. My business moves into gutter cleaning and Christmas lights in the fall and winter. And so that's where we'll turn it back on. Um, leads will be the cheapest for you guys in like March, April, May, June, early July. But as we kind of hit our shoulder season now, we more turn our marketing efforts internally going back to our client base. Um, so we're doing like email retention campaigns, we're doing phone campaigns. A lot of you have uh, in the States, you have access to technology like SendGym, right? You can go and put a postcard in the mail to all the neighbors of the jobs you've done. That's the type of marketing I would be doing. I would be looking at doing lawn sign, like bandit signs, um, where you can uh, as well. I would look at doing like a giveaway in your area, maybe washing a house for free, doing some kind of a social media promotion. Um, but I would not be spending mega dollars right now on Facebook ads or Google PPC just because there's less eyes on the brand right now. If you used to get leads for say $35, leads could be 65 or $70 now. And if you're not having a larger um, ticket size, you're gonna really struggle um, with making up that extra margin. So I would say Damon for now, like be cautious with your spend right now. Um, I would never shut marketing off altogether, but there's times in the year you wanna go full throttle and really push hard with, with ad spend. I think right now is one of those times where you kind of cool it and look at like a moderate to lower spend. Um, and just because there's less eyeballs right now in the marketplace looking for your stuff, that's just a function of the season um, for most people that we have in our market. Another good question, Damon. I would be hiring two-part. If you're looking to get off the truck, first step, I would look at hiring uh, a, an assistant technician to come on with you. Um, we've got a number of members in my coaching program that hire um, you know, uh, somebody for just say two to three days per week. 24 hours a week come on what they'll do is they'll load up their mondays wednesdays and fridays with heavier production days let's say those days are like 1800 dollars days because they know they'll have an assistant and then tuesdays and thursdays maybe are lighter days right where maybe tuesdays thursdays they can actually not even be on the truck at all and structure out those days to be you know doing estimates meeting customers investing in their uh learning that type of thing so i would first be looking 
for an assistant to come on and help you. But if you're getting 100K consistently, man, I would for sure be looking. That's enough revenue for me to bring on one person into the business, either part-time or full-time. I personally like starting people part-time and then moving them into a full-time capacity once they're proven. So, um, you know, Damon, if you said, hey, you know, I'm producing 20K of work, could I bring someone on? I'd say, ah, we probably should first grow your revenue. But if you're hitting 100K, I think a lot of your hours per week, that could be 40 hours a week of yours into fulfillment, into doing the cleaning. That's for sure I would look at somebody coming in, even if they're only for 20 hours a week. Um, hiring, guys, is all about buying back your time and actually using, um, like redirecting your time into other priorities in the business. So you just wanna be cautious with, you only have 40 hours a week, where are we gonna put those? If we're stashing all 40 into producing the work, um, you're gonna kinda lose out on the other areas that are gonna be growing the business. So hopefully that that answers your question there, um, Damon. Really good, two questions in a row, man, from you, awesome. Um, Justin Barnes is liking my beard, thanks for the love, my man. Adnan, good to see you. Uh, AJ, what's up AJ? AJ is in our coaching program and kicking absolute butt. Uh, we've got AJ off the truck and he's growing his team, which is awesome. Uh, Steve McNamee, what about gaining more messages and chats from web pages? Yeah, that works pretty good, man. We've got a plugin on our website that directs people to Facebook Messenger. Um, you could also look at a plugin called Tidio, T-I-D-I-O. That's a free plugin on your website where you can actually chat with prospects through uh, an app, um, and that works pretty good as well. Um, I, I think, honestly, we try to push people for uh, a call to action via uh, call us on the phone to our call our contact center or um, go and fill out a request form, which is really nice with Jobber. We can have a prospect fill out a request form, and then that will go right into our CRM so that our office team already has the customer's info and we can do them up a quote right then and there. So that works uh, really well um, as kind of a process around that. Uh, Damon's at 85K, that's awesome, man. Um, really good uh, to see your growth uh, with that. I know it's really exciting when you can break that uh, that 100 grand barrier in revenue. You should be uh, You should be really proud what you're building, man, well done. Um, deep cleaning pool, deep cleaning pressure washing. Do I know a company that send mail to a whole neighborhood? Yeah, you could look into like EDDM. Um, there'll be a number of companies that can go and actually you can like target your neighborhood. So you can say, hey, I wanna mail to these, you know, a thousand houses and you can draw a map around it and then you can go mail. Uh, EDDM is every door direct mail. So you can basically say, hey, this neighborhood uh, all the houses are worth a million dollars. Those are my perfect clients I wanna be targeting. I wanna go put a mail, a piece of mail in all their mailboxes. So um, that would be great. I think one thing to keep in mind, everybody, with direct mail, you've gotta do it multiple times, okay? So I would honestly be a betting man if you mailed to a thousand target clients, you may get one call, maybe two, maybe three. So it's like, it's very, um, it's a numbers game, right? You When you're doing mail pieces, you gotta mail to thousands and you gotta mail to thousands multiple times. So I think a lot of you listening that are more in your bootstrap stage, you would honestly be better just going out and either knocking on the doors or taking a friend across the street and going and delivering you know, 500 flyers per day. Um, that's a great way. I know how I got my business going was through door knocking, was through flyers, was through signs. 
And now we do a lot of internal retention um, techniques like I talked about with our email and our phone campaign to be able to get uh, people back booked on our schedule. So um, that is uh, kind of how we do things. So let's get into kind of a few practical tips here, guys. And again, keep the questions coming. This is uh, this is great. I love jumping on these as we uh, as we go. So kind of segues into our first thing. The reason to get off the truck is primarily so that you will have the time to be marketing your business. Okay, so I realize some of you will say, well, word of mouth is the best marketing. It, it is the best, I would say, one of the best. The only issue is it's very limited and you're gonna hit your glass ceiling very quickly when it comes to word of mouth because if you're still on this, if you're still on the truck, you're gonna just be winning one customer at a time. But let's say that John goes and services a customer and cleans their windows today that same customer is gonna be probably expecting John for the next visit and the next visit and the next visit. And by the time you know it, if you have you know 40 or 50 accounts, you're gonna already be stuck and owning a job where you're making you know 100 grand a year. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you truly want to be an entrepreneur and grow a cleaning business that can run without your constant involvement, I would honestly push you to get off the truck sooner than later because we start to form neural pathways in our brain which say well john's gonna say i have to service mrs smith's house and i have to do mrs jones's house because you know she likes the windows clean the certain way of the certain thing um for me i was only on the truck the first few months so i did not even make those pathways in my brain of knowing technically exactly how we have to do this type of job um, i more wanted to build a company that is able to run without me and that's very uh, structured, very systematized. So I spent four years pretty much nonstop building systems for every process and also spending four years marketing extremely hard to our customer base. And I've been able to build my whole cleaning business that essentially operates in 30 to 40 neighborhoods where we do a lot of residential work. And that's because that's tip one on today's session is you've got to attack your lead generation with such um, such a hunger and such a passion to succeed. And I think the day that you get passionate about lead generation and acquiring customers and not so passionate about like cleaning the windows so perfectly, um, and, and trust me, I love when our company can clean the window perfectly, but I'm not passionate about Dave or John cleaning that window personally. So I think that's the first thing is you've gotta be really solid in knowing your marketing numbers and also looking at, if I look at my 40 hours uh, per week uh, that I had to invest in the business, you know, I was not on site for 40 of those. I was marketing and selling for probably like 25 to 30 of those hours. And then I was scheduling and the office person and then I would jump in kind of the field when needed. So that's kind of the first takeaway here is uh, sales and marketing. So hit me up with any questions you've got on sales and marketing. We'll have some time to take some of those. Um, Justin saying in the comments here, EDDM response has went from 150 cards per call to 221 to 300, yeah, in the last month. So that's just a function, Justin, of seasonality. Um, again, less people right now are interested, just generally, than would be in say April 15. And so there's a number of reasons for that, I believe. But again, I'm not saying don't do any EDDM cards. It's just marketing right now in kind of the summer like shoulder season, it's kind of like pushing a rock more uphill. We're like April 15, 
every cleaning business owner looks like a hero, right? How's business? Oh, we're so busy, right? We're slamming. Like people are coming out of their homes from the winter. And now as people start to travel, you know, their kids are out of school, they're going to the lake, they're traveling to Mexico, um, cleaning the house, the windows, the roof, it's kind of like that can kind of wait for September. So I'm not saying don't mark it now, just know that you've got to attack it with extra passion, extra, you know, dose of uh, ferocity uh, in order to be able to, to get the business to where you want it to. Uh, Dylan's saying, during such a difficult time, is it smart to invest in starting a power washing company? I own a painting company doing 50 to 75K per month. Awesome, man. Um, but would like to get into power washing industry, but nervous to invest if it gets slow. So it's a great question, Dylan. Like I would look on, you already got a solid customer base. I would not look at it as starting a whole different power washing company. I would actually just look at it as starting a division within your current business, right? So let's say you've got Dylan's painting business. Um, Dylan's painting business should just have a drop down menu on your website for services that I would have exterior house washing. You click that and that would explain, you know, your pressure washing, how you prepare houses with soft washing before painting. Maybe you're doing window and gutter cleaning as well. Um, but I think, man, you've already got the customer base. You already have to clean houses before you paint them. I would look at it as more of a division um, in the company and, and that would give me more confidence in starting something than not. Um, right now, again, tougher to get jobs, but I would be looking at maybe building it out right now and launching it maybe for um, cleaning season, uh, maybe for the spring next year. Uh, I know before I launched my my power washing business, I actually started um, building out the guts of my business and it took me four to six months to build it out before I even was public with it, right? I built the whole website, got the social channels going, figured out a marketing strategy, got all the uniforms ordered, booked in a home show, got my van wrapped. Like I did a lot of things before, like boom, we're out in business. Um, sounds very familiar, Dylan. I was actually in a franchise myself um, and I did move out and build my own brand. So yeah, I would do exactly what I did. Uh, if your franchise is okay with it, have the painting going um, and then have the washing going on the side and actually the washing business was my way out of the painting franchise um, because if you're paying eight or 10 or 12% on every job, it's gonna be really tough to scale. And that's what I found in my painting business. We hit $500,000 in top line revenue, but when you're paying a hefty royalty fee, that fee got to be such an amount in dollars that I could have afforded to pay a full-time manager rather than paying um, the franchisor. So that's really, if we, I won't go too much on a rant on this, but that's why I got into the business coaching space because franchises just really upset me how they would have someone buy in, maybe not give them great value, and then they're stuck in this, this fee structure paying royalties, and then you can't go start your own painting business because you're signed to a legal non-compete agreement. And so uh, I decided just to bypass the whole thing together and create my own brand because I talk to a lot of franchisees and I generally find that they're not happy with the arrangement with the franchisor. So my line of thinking was why can't I work with washing business owners in a coaching program? They don't need to stay if they're not getting value and I find that business just needs to be fair and an exchange of value. So kind of my plan with consulting is helping wash business owners, painting business owners scale um, without being married to a royalty fee or a non-compete saying, oh, no, no, you signed this agreement. You have to stay in and keep paying me fees. 
I think is kind of BS. So um, that's my little mini rant on on franchises. Not all franchises. Again, just generally my experience is franchisees are more upset than stoked on the value that they're getting. And correct me if I'm wrong, um, Dylan, I'll be happy to talk more on it, but that's just generally what, what I found. Uh, Damon's asking, how do we structure pay scale in the beginning? Um, depends, Damon. Again, uh, what structure or what position are we talking about? Let's pretend you're asking for a technician. Um, personally, I like doing a, a base plus a commission. Uh, we talk about this a lot in my coaching program, but to give you the nuts and bolts, I would personally pay people enough hourly that they can hit all their expenses and not be stressed out. But then I'd have a ski jump that you could pay on. Are they getting reviews? Are they getting upsells? How happy are clients? Do we have uh, callbacks? And what's our charge rate per hour? If you can deliver on all five of those I just rattled off, I would be looking at paying a percentage point or two or three of what that truck can produce, right? So you want to have people earning, say, $20 an hour base pay, but you should be thinking as a business owner, how could they earn up to 25 or $30 per hour? If the company's winning, they can be winning as well. I always try to think about my business in a triple win. How does the employee or the team member win? Um, they win by getting taken care of, joining a great company, having a lot of advancement. How does the client win? Well, the client wins because they're getting you know, a great service, they're getting taken care of, um, they feel really safe working with our company. And then how does the business owner win? Well, you're growing your brand, you're getting, uh, you know, you're running a profitable business. So you got to always think client, team member, business owner, and make sure that all three are incongruent with each other. Uh, really important. Great, great question on that one, uh, Damon. Um, so yeah, let's keep go going on here, guys. Um, tip one, lead gen and sales, okay? Damon's last question is kind of getting at my second point which is um, you've got to be able to structure a team, right? If we want to grow to that half million dollar mark, we can't do that typically with just one person, okay? So we're going to have to be really, really switched on with how are we going to go about and grow our team. And I can tell you I've hired uh, over 140 staff now over my time in the home service space and people are awesome. People also can cause a lot of problems, right? And a lot of service business owners get bogged down or end up quitting their business altogether because they actually don't know how to manage people. And so I think as you grow your business, that's a very important skill that you're going to learn. I really think business 101 is just the golden rule, which is operate your business, do unto others as you'd want to have done to you. And I think that's a great philosophy to have in hiring employees for your team. Um, I really view my employees in my business as like coworkers. I don't like to say people work for me. I think it sounds kind of weird and old school. I like to say people work with me, right? We have a vision where we're growing our business towards and I wanna have everyone aligned to go and achieve that vision. And again, win-win, I want everyone on my team to be able to achieve their career goals, right? Some team members want to make more money, some want to get more advancement, some want recognition, um, some want to help make key decisions for where this company goes, right? You got to figure out what your team members want and what's in it for them, and then you got to help them grow their career inside your business. And as I look at the people on my team, I see them all building out their own career paths inside my business. And one thing I'd really think about too is there's a lot of 
um, a lot of technical minded business owners that are self-employed, they really think like, do, do, do. I got to like keep doing everything in my business. And I've definitely been there myself. You need to now think, how can I design the business and how can I delegate uh, responsibilities in the business to my team, right? So when I look at my business today, we have a marketing stream that has like a, a head of it, right? David is running all of our marketing structures from uh, email campaigns to social media to um, phone campaigns to our clients to when do we order more signs to uniforms to setting up our home shows, everything to tracking, right? Everything's in David Lane for marketing. We've got Katrina, she runs our office, office manager, she's handling everything in there. So I'm not jumping in the office, you know, picking up phones, tagging on my CRM, sending quotes, like that's in our office lane, right? Clearly structured uh, office, right? Same thing in production, same thing in sales. So when we have an opportunity or uh, a, a problem with our business, um, it's not Dave jumping in saying, let me go fix everything, right? It's actually saying, who is responsible for this and how can I dive into the business with that person and how can we fix this together? So again, that 2000 hour rule, you only have 2000 hours to go, um, you know, produce, uh, to grow your business and push it forward. When you look at someone who entrepreneur one has 2000 hours and he tries and does everything, entrepreneur two has a team of five and they're each doing 2000 hours plus the owner. We've got 12,000 hours now of output. So don't just think like short term, how can I fix this? I'm always thinking long term, how can we fix the thing behind the thing? And there's this famous story of the CEO of Starbucks, Howard Schultz. He went and visited a location. He saw that the sign, the light on the sign was burnt out and couldn't see it. He didn't go inside the Starbucks and start lighting up the barista or the storm or the store manager, right? Why is that light burnt out? It looks terrible. We're losing business, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes we do that to our team, right? You should be like blasting yourself. He went and called the head office and said, hey, head office, what's our system behind this when the light on the sign burns out? Well, we actually hire this company to go do this. Okay, awesome. Let's do that now. So it's not always just about the short term fix. A CEO, one of the best CEOs alive, right? Howard Schultz. Starbucks isn't everywhere, right? Amazing success story. You're looking at the thing behind the thing. So you should just be looking at yourself in the mirror saying, well, if a customer is pissed off, maybe that's because our training process isn't great. Maybe that's because we've hired someone who's a poor core values fit. Maybe I've not been a good enough leader to explain what winning looks like to my production team, right? These are all these reasons and that's why managing people can get messy. So I think if I was you, I would be reading some books today on how you can grow as a leader, how you can grow um, and be a better leader of people. Um, and I don't think like the HR department gets talked about enough in the home service space is when you're running a cleaning business, like the strength of my business is the team of 12 people that we built inside my business that run it right it's the people that's really the strength of it so really spend some time for a second tip you want to get better improving your washing business that's why you're on this stream think about how you can improve the quality of your people uh, and make a career for them and how you can build your team and like don't try and do this thing alone because uh, you're just going to get burnt out if you're trying to do everything yourself right and that's why i get 
a little bit concerned for these owner operators that are doing 100K every year, maybe 100K, then 110K, then 130K, you're gonna burn out eventually. Um, and it's just not, like I just don't think it's super fun running a business if you're trying to do everything inside of it. It's, it's stressful, it's way more fun growing a business with a team in my opinion. And again, to get to that half million dollar mark, you don't need to go hire a hundred employees and have all this stress. You need like five or six, right? A small, awesome team. Um, way more fun, I think, than trying to do 100K on your own. All right, and then one other point, guys, I wanna mention. We talked about leads and sales, how important that is. We talked about building your team. The last piece of advice I'd have for improving it just comes down to consistency right and it's not a sexy answer to give you today is like oh be consistent right it's like that is really i think a key to success in life is you just got to do the same thing over and over again and and trust me when i say like as an entrepreneur you will like let's say you set a goal this year to hit half a million dollars i can promise you when you hit that half million dollar goal you're going to be like happy and fulfilled and fired up for like four minutes after it maybe you'll go party that night and then you're gonna literally say now dave now i want to get to 750 or i want to do 900 or a million entrepreneurs are notorious for pushing the bar back on our goals and so i can't promise you enough like the best advice i'd have for you today is just to fall in love with the process and fall in love with the company that you're building. And for me, today's Monday, it's a holiday where I am. You better believe I'm still psyched up to grow my business, right? I love the game of business. I love helping others grow their business as well. So for me, it just feels like part of who I am and how I operate my life to continue to push the ball down the field. So there's no end goal for me saying, oh, once I get to X, I'll be happy and satisfied, because then, it's kind of like then what, right? And I honestly think if you're able to run your business as your full-time thing uh, and you live in North America, like I honestly believe we've already hit the lottery of what we get to do. Like if you get to wake up and work on your business and make it a little bit better today, um, I honestly think you've already hit the jackpot because you look at where I am in Canada to be in the top 1% of people for income earners, you need to make $227,000. And I think in the US, it's a, it's closer to 400. I think it's around 380 grand to make, right? And that's not top line revenue. But if you can grow a business in and around to that level of profitability, um, you've already won. And quite honestly, a lot of you would be happy even making half of that. Um, and that's where it's like, well, how important is lifestyle and time freedom, right? If you go make 400 grand profit, but you lose your family, relationships, health, and happiness in the process, was it really worth doing that? So I would just think this year, whether you hit your rev goal or not, more try hit the goal of falling in love with what you're building. And that's a, been a lesson that I've had to learn over the last number of years. I've been very goal-oriented from the time I was you know, 10 years old, I wanted to buy a dirt bike, right? My parents wouldn't give me any money. So I started pushing my lawnmower around to neighbors and made $2,000 uh, and was able to go buy a dirt bike, right? And then I wanted to learn how to play the drums. So I bought these videos online back in the day, taught myself how to play the drums, right? And then I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to start a business. So I started a painting business and then I wanted to 
buy my first home and then I wanted to buy an investment and then I wanted to go travel the world and then I want like all these things I'm just like set the goal and let's go get it and for me getting the goal is great but it's more fun and just the consistency along the process so I'd really like come high level with me for a minute here and then we'll we'll wrap up like see your business for what it is and your business is it exists today I believe to fuel your ideal dream lifestyle as an entrepreneur as a business owner so if you only want to work 30 hours a week well that business will help you achieve it if you want to work 10 hours a week this business can help you achieve it so kind of what your business provides is this beautiful graph from uh, time freedom to income right and some of you on this would rather work 70 hours a week and make two or three hundred grand some of you on this would be like man if we could just make a hundred grand but I only had to come in the business on Wednesdays and I could go travel to Thailand or Bali every winter um, I, I would love that setup way more and what I am seeing is in this new generation is a shift more towards lifestyle and freedom and a lot of the members in uh, my coaching program are, are we need to make money yes and we need to make profit but they're more motivated by building a business that can run without them and can give them freedom and still be profitable so just really think how are you being consistent and think long term of the business you're building because one year, two years, three years is gonna go by in the blink of an eye, uh, and you wanna be able to look back and be really proud of what you built. So don't judge success just in a vacuum of how is this week or this month going, and that's something that gives me a lot of peace, is like, hey, in a seasonal slowdown, maybe we're not going to be hitting you know, the craziest revenue goal this month, but we're creating a lot of these initiatives that are gonna push the ball forward down the field, uh, and are going to really build a solid business for the long term. So I think for me as an entrepreneur, that's given me peace, extending the goalpost out, not making it about the destination, but making it more about that journey um, that we all go through as an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter if you're painting company, junk removal, landscaping, whether you're trying to write a book, whether you're trying to train for a marathon, it's like just start to fall in love with the action that you're taking every day. Um, and I think then that's going to really fuel um, more things that you're going to be wanting to do in your life. So that's my little rant on staying consistent. So let me know in the chat here, guys, if this um, session has helped you. Uh, maybe just say like yes or put a one in the chat uh, would be great. I'd love to get some feedback just before we wrap up and I'll jump on a couple of these last minute questions coming in. Uh, we got a question that's saying how important to wrap the trucks. Uh, I would say very important. Uh, I posted that actually as a chat here in our group and a lot of members were having good feedback to wrap trucks. I would be in the camp of wrapping trucks because um, I definitely have wrapped, I don't even know how many trucks now, a lot for our company. How I started though was I just started with cheap, uh, you know, $75 magnets on Vistaprint. I did that for my first season before we had enough money to wrap our truck. It was like $2,000 back in the day. Now our vans to do are more like three grand um, in and around that range. So I personally think because uh, the impressions are so good on a vehicle wrap, I think if you have, like I'll put it this way, I'd say if you're sitting on two or $3,000 and you're not, and you don't have a wrap truck, you should be going right now to get that thing wrapped. I think if you're starting your business with $2,000, I would personally put that 
more into like yard signs, door hangers, a nice golf shirt, and I'd start going and drumming up business. But once I have enough business booked to make two grand disposable income, three grand, whatever it is, I'd go and wrap uh, my vehicle. So again, long term, I what's given me peace with spending three grand to wrap vehicles. Am I going to have this van for five to seven years? Yes. Will it service you know a thousand jobs for me over the time? Yes. Um, how much revenue it'll produce me a million dollars of work of which I could make 200 to 250 grand to spend 1% to go wrap it. Um, you'd be silly not to do that. So I really think 90% of the time I'd say go ahead and do the vehicle wrap because it'll it'll pay for itself. Um, Josh is asking, is this a Q&A? Uh, it's more of a session, Josh, but yeah, happy to take a, a question. If you got it, just drop it in the chat. We got a couple minutes left here. Uh, Eric saying a mobile billboard is priceless. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, you got to invest in marketing and promotion to keep building up your brand. And that's really what it is, Eric. You, you hit it on the head, right? It's growing your business, um, building your brand locally. That's the thing that really makes your company worth something is like the people that you have in place, the systems that you have, your client base. And then really there's this thing called goodwill, which is really what kind of brand have you actually built in your area, right? How good is your website? How solid are your Google reviews? What are your clients saying about you? How recurring are your clients? A lot of these things fall in that goodwill bracket where you can really uh, have a premium on your brand um, that you've been able to build. So really important, I think, like don't look at building your brand necessarily across the whole state. Just look first locally, um, look internally, right? And that's why we obsess over certain neighborhoods that we work in is because I know that those are where the really good clients are and we want to be able to keep serving them. And that's where the van wrap comes in because with marketing, it can take uh, a lot of touch points to be able to get a customer to be able to book a job with you, right? So we try to get them on signs. Um, they see our uh, advertisement at their door. Maybe they see a crew in their area and then boom, they see one of our, one of our vans in traffic and they're like, okay, I've seen this truck now three or four times. It's important now I need to take action, get a quote. And I'll get friends texting me like almost every week and they're like, hey, I see your vans everywhere. That's just a part about branding the business uh, and becoming more well-known uh, in your area and your neighborhood. Uh, Josh is asking a question. Do I think the pressure washing, soft washing path is getting heavily diluted? Um, I think like anything, Josh, people see money and people making money, right? You can pressure wash and make, you know, one or $200 per hour. Um, traditionally, that's seen as like quite good money. Uh, I think a lot of people see that and they jump in and think, oh, quick money. I think actually there's a lot of people coming in, yes, but I think um, if, if as things slow down, potentially over the next year or two, I think we'll see a lot rush in and we'll see a lot rush out. And I think only the solid ones that have um, solid, you know, mentorship and a solid growth plan will actually be able to stay in the business. So I think, yeah, more people are coming in. Why is that? Well, homes are, you know, traditionally over 10 years going up in value. I think our younger generation, people in their 30s and 40s buying homes right now are not necessarily equipped with a soft wash rig, right? The average homeowner doesn't have a soft wash rig to go clean their house. A lot of homeowners don't even have ladders now at their homes, right? Because they're just, they want access 
to have their dog walked and have their food delivered and their oil changed and their tires rotated and their gutters cleaned. Like we just want access to all that stuff, but we don't want to go do it ourselves. So I think the reason so many people are coming in is because the demand is so high. Um, and again, I think people rush in, they see quick money, then they're like, wow, there's a lot that actually goes into growing a successful business. Maybe they stay in it for one or two or three years and then they bounce off and do something else. And I think that's why only 80% of businesses will stay for five years or longer because it is tough. And kind of like my second point, like managing people as you scale can be tough and that's what forces people out of the business. So I think, man, for, for advice, I'd say, is consistent stay the course like i think over over five or ten years in this industry if you build your business properly i don't think you can lose um, and again i always think would i rather be building an asset that i own versus building a company um you know maybe for somebody else uh, it's not to say it's it's bad to be an employee because i think you can align with the right employers that give you a lot of upside but you got to think about what's the end goal here and i think if you can have more of a business that's able to run without you that's gonna command a premium for what that's worth so yeah lots of people coming in man i wouldn't lose sleep over it i would be aware of it for sure um, but i think people are coming in because there's a great opportunity here and i think there's uh, private equity money coming into our space um, companies are starting to get rolled up and sold together um, and there's just more demand for what we do more than ever and i do think through um, the pandemic a uh, higher emphasis has been placed on the home as well as like people spend a lot of time here. Uh, you know, some people got locked down and to spend months in their house. It's like you start kind of looking at like this is really your asset. You should be taking care of it. Um, and I think kind of a spotlight was put on our industry through COVID of like, you know, home service businesses did exceptionally well through the two year pandemic. Um, and that's why, again, there's more money coming in our spaces because it's not like the wedding industry that was just hammered by you know events and we can't gather people because um, of this this um, pandemic we had so i think again i think it's it's a resilient industry and it has had a very last uh, bunch of years in contracting has been very strong so i think that's just why we're seeing more people awesome well everybody i want to thank you uh, for coming on today's stream we're going to uh, wrap it up here i hope that there was some um, good takeaways uh, as we are on facebook right now if you've got a question and you're watching this on replay throw it in the in the comments i'll be um happy to try tackle it or if it's something you want to message me uh privately in the personal uh, messages as well uh definitely let me know i'll be happy to have a chat with you here um, but want to thank you for your time reaching out. And if you do want to learn more uh, what we talked about today, systems and structure and growth, um, you definitely let me know because uh, I've got a high-level coaching program. We've now helped almost 70 home service business owners get off the truck and structure their business. So if you want to learn more on that, again, just send me a personal message uh, and I'll be happy to uh, get you some more information. So want to thank everybody uh, for your time today. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Monday. Uh, and a brand new month in August, guys. Great uh, time to kick some butt. So um, I wish you all the best and uh, we'll be chatting very soon and enjoy uh, the rest of your day. And I really hope that there is some value here. We'll be chatting later, everybody. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.